Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey guys, and welcome to today's show. I'm going to keep this short. I'm going to keep this sweet so that we get into the interview. Talking to a good friend of mine, Wesley Dietz, today. We grew up together. Uh, we're in the trenches in the early days of both of our careers in production, uh, volunteering and, and working. And uh, now today I want to catch up back with him. He's a church tech director. want to talk about lighting. want to talk about church stuff. Can talk about consoles. Going to talk about all kinds of great stuff. I just listened to it. It was interesting. I hope you find it interesting and informative. And uh, I think it's always good, just kind of a takeaway from it before you get into it, to, um, you know, always consider what you got and um, what the best thing for your situation is. You'll you'll hear me in there. I, As you guys know, oftentimes, sometimes I get a little flack for always mentioning Onyx and, and recommending it because I like it so much as a console. But you'll see here, as I, as I talk to Wesley, we, we get into consoles at one point and... Um, I, I recommend, you know, Onyx is great, but what they've got is is great as well. And if they choose to continue that way, it's not necessarily a bad decision. But I think Onyx is still great um, and probably the best. But anywho, let's dive into my interview today. We're going to talk about all that stuff I just talked about and more. And I'll catch you after the interview. Thanks. So let's talk about um, you've got some lighting thoughts for your church, um, some questions you've got. And then, and I brought those up from the other month. Hopefully they're still relevant. Yeah. And then I guess I first want to kind of ask you about um, what you're working with lighting wise at your church, just as a start, we'll, we'll dive there and then we'll hit your questions at some point. Sure. Um, we're working with a uh, hog four PC system. Um, one universe, nothing crazy. Um, got a few, got a few rogue R2s washes that I love. Cool. Yeah. Um, just, um, man, it's crazy. When I, when I started at the church four years ago, I was the first like tech director they've ever had. Um, and so it's this like 2,500 person church and yeah, they, um, didn't have a tech director. The facilities guy was, was doing all the tech stuff, which he had no idea. Bad idea. Doing. Usually a bad um, idea, right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and didn't have any like colored lights, just kind of some, you know, front ellipsoidals. And, um, I've slowly added some color and, um, uh, we've been doing a lot of work on like, um, on like stage design. And we've got four big like white panels now that have some, uh, Colorado battens on them. So slowly introducing some color. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Gosh, I could have sworn it looked like LED tape. I was just looking at, at a picture of it, but I guess it's not. Interesting. Well, yeah, we, we, oh. so we actually on Easter. Yeah. Sorry. Um, on Easter, we added some, some LED tape, um, oh. had four. No, we had four big white walls. Um, and we just wanted to kind of break them up a little bit. So we added like nine, like smaller panels just kind of with LED tape kind of all around the stage. So yeah, that's been a brand new thing and it's been fun. <laughs> cool. So, so how's that? Uh, so that was, that was kind of the subject of some of your questions. Obviously yeah. you were like LED tape or pixels. Obviously you went with LED tape. So I'm just curious. Um, what, what'd you get? What, how are you controlling it? How many segments do you have? Um, was it frustrating? Was it easy? 
Um, it was it was a lot easier than I thought. Um, just got a you know a little, little ten channel decoder um, and just crap ton of about I think about two hundred feet of LED tape um, and just you know connected it all together. Yeah, so we're. I'm just curious, where'd you get the tape from? You just do Amazon tape, oh, or yeah, just found some stuff on Amazon. Um, got some recommendations off of um, church stages, church stage design website, mm-hmm. and just kind of went with what what I saw people were using. Cool, awesome, and it it matches color mostly. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Good, because I know with Amazon tape, I've I've run into that before, where people are like, I bought two rolls and they both look different, but. <laughs> I mean, usually with anything, you know, you can get by with a less expensive tape a lot of yeah. the times, but you got to be careful uh, and do your research. And so um, I'm glad I'm glad you figured that out. And so let's talk about your new building. Yeah. So it's it's in progress or <laughs> um, so they canceled it. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> so this church is like it's a, it's just a weird it's a weird church, um, but it's been around for 20 years. Um, 10 years ago, they moved into their first building, which okay. they built. Um, it was just a 80 by 80 foot square gym, mm-hmm. um, which is what we currently meet in. They've slowly added on some other wings, um, and we're about to start our final phase, uh, which will be a uh, 1,500-ish seat sanctuary. Got it. So... Progress is slow, <laughs> but um, about to break ground, hopefully within the next month. But they've been saying that for the last six months, so... Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, kind of starting from scratch, and... Um, uh, yeah. Well, that's exciting, and a yeah. big upgrade, because you're... Well, you're in an 80 by 80, but it's bigger than that. It's got to be bigger than that if you've got 2,500 people coming. Yeah. Yeah, we've we've got three. Well, we just added a fourth service. Um, okay, and yeah. they're all they're all slam pack. Yeah, that that adds up better for yeah the number of people. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that doesn't make sense, but that's that's yeah. awesome, man. So, so you want to dive into pixel mapping? Yeah, sure. Awesome. What are what are your your thoughts um, on that? <laughs> just curious where what you've thought about because you want to basically you're kind of thinking about in the future. You know, pixel tape is often a fairly inexpensive and good way to do stuff that looks cool. Um, but it can be a little bit um, intimidating. Yeah, I would say mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I mean, I I really don't know much about pixel tape. Um, I mean, I've, you know, been working with LED. What's the, what's the, the dumb tape, whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, and kind of, I mean, in the last month, really, I forced myself to learn that um, and didn't really want to invest too much in this new stage design. So um, I just stuck with that. But I don't know. I, yeah, I don't really know the first thing about it, but I'd like to mess with it eventually. Yeah, well, the cool thing about Pixels, we'll start diving into Church Pixels 101, is that um, I think once you get the tech behind them, they're actually easier to work with um, because a pixel only has um, three wires. It has data and it has power and it has a ground. So the power is two wires effectively. 
And what's great about that is unlike your LED tape where you power it at the front end and you've got a box, you know, that, that connects to your lighting console. And then whenever the voltage gets too low, you're, you're kind of stuck. You got to stop there. Uh, with pixel tape, that's never a problem because you can just add in more power wherever you want and just keep going and going. Um, and so that's what, what are cool about pixels in that regard. I think it's cool. Um, especially, I mean, if you look at this stuff cost-wise, it's not even that much more expensive these days. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it keeps coming down in price. Really, the the tape itself is not much more expensive um, than ordinary tape, which is the cool thing, because at the end of the day, it's not much different. And there's more different form factors, you know, that you can get. There's, you know, people that have these balls and all, all kinds of stuff um, that you can do. But whatever you're doing... The only part of Pixels that's still more expensive is the controllers. Uh You know, that's going to be more expensive than the regular. But at the same time, that's only, you know, a small part of the project as well. And just like your your dumb LED tape controller, you can use it again even if you, you know, build the tape into something that you then get rid of. If you you bought cheap tape where you carefully peel it off Uh Uh (laughs) and use it again. you know, you, you've got a lot of options there. Um, and so, and so it's kind of interesting looking at your couple questions here. Cause you were talking about, Hey, we're building a new building. Um, there's a Roadhog four in the design. Um, but then you're also thinking about pixels and these kind of go hand in hand. Would you run the pixels off the hog or would you use something else? Um, et cetera. And so, um, yeah, let's dive into that. So the first thing I'm kind of thinking about is, do you know how big your stage is going to be at the new place? Uh, I want to say 80 feet wide by 40 feet deep. Yeah, so so what gets interesting there is um, you probably don't want to use the built-in pixel mapping on the hog at that point because uh-huh. here's here's basically what you're gonna run into uh, a couple things one is the roadhog 4 um if i i just looked it up but uh, my memory was correct um it has eight universes license to it of output um and then if you want to go above that eight universes you got to buy more hog hardware you know they they do their their processors are what unlocks more outputs for them um and so at that point, eight universes is not a lot of pixels on an 80-foot stage. Right. You know, eight universes is... Oh, I know this. 1360. Duh. 1,300 pixels, but if you were at 30 pixels per meter, that is 45 meters. And so you might fit a design within that whole eight universes, but you might not. Um, the other thing about the the mapper the built-in mapper on the hog is the the built-in mapper on the hog it is good it really is mm-hmm. but um with external mappers you know i often recommend elm from Entech, but there's other ones as well um but elm i don't think you can really beat the pricing on it either so <laughs> the pricing is really good really inexpensive on it um i mean it's like 250 bucks for eight universes i think and you can stack them later um if you want to add more but what the hog can do is for pixel mapping is you can bring in media and you can play the media, you know, and that's about it. Yeah. And I think there's a couple built in effects, but not a lot, but 
being in the church world, a lot of churches are going to want to send a live feed from their pro presenter background so that it always just matches, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of the time because that's easy. And then the the stuff transitions at the same time. It just makes sense. Um, I like it as a lighting guy because then I just change whenever the video changes <laughs> and I don't have to make as many decisions because um, I'm lazy like that. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, basically, um, you know, it's like you could do it either way, but it probably makes more sense to start on the PC realm of things. You know, just start by controlling it on a PC. Ideally, what you do basically is the hog would send out Artnet to Elm to control, to pick the media. Um, I mean, really, if you're doing it all, it depends. If you're doing it all out of ProPresenter, you could just have Elm sitting on a computer and somebody could click it. But at the same time, you could just hide it in the back closet somewhere and write it into your cues on the on the hog, uh-huh. and the controlling, picking the media, you know, and and scaling it, and you know all that stuff. Yeah. And so, and so, Artnet, you were talking about, you were asking about that, is basically just um, it's just a network setup for lighting data. So, uh-huh. um, like you were saying with your hog PC. You know, you with Artnet, you don't need any kind of interface generally. And I think that's the case with the Hog PC that you just use the computer's network output and you're okay. you're good to rock and roll. Um now the there are two um two versions of Artnet, basically two network DMX. One is Artnet and one is called SACN. And what I usually tell people when we're talking about stuff like this is that SACN is better. <laughs> it just it's newer. It's lighter weight um, on the network, and it can run alongside other protocols on the same network, whereas Artnet does not do well. Um, it, it just floods the network with, it, with information. And so, and so yeah. Um, oh, and um, so you were talking about console. So, yeah. So what do you think about, about the Roadhog in, in your, next, uh, your next deal? You think you're gonna stick with it or change to something else or I mean I, I I love the hog system. Um I know I know they were just acquired by ETC, so I didn't know really kind of what that meant in the grand scheme of things. And um I have seen a lot of updates that have really helped um that ETC has put into Hog since they acquired it. Um it's definitely a lot more stable and has has some extra features. Um, but I wasn't sure if Hog was a good, you know, long-term thing to think about. Or I've heard a lot of people talk about Onyx. Um, so David's favorite. Um, no, I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, it's it's a you know, it's a serious consideration to think about. Especially you're kind of at this point where you know you've only got one console now, and it's a PC-based console. Yeah. So if you transition to something else in the future, you know, you sell the PC-based console and get something else different, in, it's not difficult and it's not a lot of cost. But once you kind of enter that that time where you've got multiple consoles on campus, you really want them to match whatever they are. True. true. You know, for yourself and your brain, for volunteers, <laughs> you right. know, etc. Um, and so, oh, I'm just curious, actually, what have they put in that's new? Because I honestly... I, I try to I try to touch hog at least a couple times a year, but I've been mm-hmm. slacking lately. So what well, not that I've been slacking, but usually when I touch a hog for it's a rental companies and they don't keep them up to date ever. Yeah. Um I mean the biggest thing that I've noticed is um the 
I don't know what it's called exactly. I think ATC calls it like a magic sheet, like the graphical mm-hmm. um, thing. Um, they've come out with like a bunch. They have different like feature um, fixture options, so you can make the fixtures look like you know moving heads or or bars oh. or whatever. Because mm-hmm. before it was just one one option, just the circle or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So interesting. So yeah, as you've noticed, I mean. The hog being bought by ETC is or high end as a whole is probably the best thing that's happened to them in years. Um, it's yeah. wonderful for them. Yeah. You know, ETC's a company where historically, you know, I think they said 10, 15 years ago, they sat down and they said, if we wanted our our company to be around in a hundred years and still be like a great place to work and a great company, what do we have to do to set us up for that now? And they realized, well, Many other companies were getting acquired by these capital investment groups, and a lot of production companies have done this too. And it's it never works well, ever. It's terrible. Um, and high end's gotten thrown around a couple times over the past 5, 10, 15 years, and it's never really been great for them. Um, and so, and so, I think their best days are definitely ahead of them um, under ownership of ETC because not only is ETC an amazing place to work from everything I hear from everybody I talk to, um, but, you know, they're serious about making good products and ETC's already, you know, they've set the precedent that they're keeping their consoles towards the theater market niche. They're no longer going to try to make halfway done, you know, kind of not as good consoles for the the concert or, you know, Mm -hmm. other markets. And they're going to keep they're going to keep the hog and they're going to cross pollinate between the two. You know, like one of the cool things that the theater consoles do is especially for the ETC fixtures, like the seven color mixing stuff, LED stuff, they, their color picker, picker supports all those different colors. And while that might seem like a simple thing, I've talked to a lot of console reps and I realized that it's actually really difficult because most fixtures that have red, green, and blue generally look the same. But when you start getting into the ambers and the limes and the what the whites and all that, every fixture is a little different. So to build a color picker, you know, an actual color wheel picker with more than three colors in it, you have to know what the color looks like in that light for it to even be remotely close to accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you think about it mathematically, every time you add another option, the the number of, you know, options of what it could look like multiplies. Yeah. And so, and so that's one thing that ETC has that, I don't know if they've promised it's going to show up in the hog, but it probably will. Um, but how many fixtures will it really be compatible with? Who knows, you know, but regardless, um, you know, I mean, the hog's got a good future. I really like Onyx. Um, <laughs> and I can tell you, I mean, I've programmed a lot on the Roadhog 4, and it's it's a good console. The one thing I really dislike about it is that the screen is at a really crazy low angle if you look at it. I don't know if yeah. you've looked at a picture lately, um, but the screen, it's at a, like, you're standing, it's at desk height, and you have to stand to actually see the screen. I mean, mm-hmm. you can technically see it while you're sitting, but it's the angle's really shallow. And so some people have made little things to tilt the whole console up and stuff, but that part that part frustrates me about it. Um, and so, you know, I think Onyx is as good or a better system. Um, and they've now introduced their Pixel Mapper. It's not out, but it's been seen. 
you know, they've shown it to people. Yeah. And so just curious because, you know, it's not going to be on a 1,500-seat um, auditorium. It's not going to be like a massive price difference between the two. Um, you know, I, I like the tilting screen a lot on the Onyx. Um, you also get a lot more output licensed. There's going to be a pixel mapper that I honestly wonder if they're going to allow a video input somehow. I don't know how they're going to do it, but maybe. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so a Hog 4 online price is twelve grand um, for Roadhog 4. Whereas if I go to an NX2, uh, which is the con- comparable Onyx console, let me share my screen. It is literally... Okay, refurbished sixty eight hundred. So it's like I thought it was like eight thousand dollars, and so, you know, I mean, console wise, like I would take a good look. I would work with the Onyx software and check it out, um, and okay. and and test it and see if you like it, and um, you know, feel free to ask me questions if you have them or watch my videos and stuff, um, because I think I think it's a better software. Um, not that Hog's not good. And I think Hog has a good future. Um, I mean, you do get, so you get with this one, you get the 10 playbacks, um, and all that jazz. You get a touchscreen on the surface, whereas the Hog, you don't. Um, you know, at the end of the day, they're fairly similar. You get a lot more output with the, uh, the NX2. You get 64 universes unlocked, Mm. which is great. Um, and, you know, I mean, you know, it's one of those things you just got to spend some time in it, you know, on the PC, if you've got yeah. a touchscreen PC around, and if not, you know, any PC's fine, but, um, and just, you know, see if it's something that would make sense for you. Um, obviously, you know, the cost is a little less, and I think it's a better console. I like, I especially like the tilting screen, especially if you're going to be sitting in front of it a lot. Yeah. Um, actually, the NX... Four? Is that what they named it? They've been rebranding all the products, and so I don't know. I always forget the names. Yeah, the NX4 is 10 grand. So this is the direct competitor, technically, of a Roadhog. And it's basically the same thing, but back to screen. But it's got the 10 motorized faders. They are motorized, right? Yes, the 10 the 10 main faders are motorized. LCD screens above them to label them. The uh Buttons on the side, that's 10 playback buttons with LCD screens. And then these 16 shorter faders are are non-motorized. Um, and and it's still got the, the onboard screen there. The desk lights are... Um, you can actually control the color on those two, I believe. Not that that really matters, but it's cool. Um, I mean, the hog, you get two colors, but you get the blue and the white. Um, and, and you get that same screen. It folds. Also, like when you're tapping on the screen... I'll just do this visually when you you've got your hand on the the screen and you're like touching it on the side, the right side, there's actually encoders that you can assign things to like your different parameters. So if you're up here touching the screen, you can kind of hold it. It's, it's just another shortcut. And so I really think, you know, they've made the best console for a lot of people. Um, I really think they have. You know, and I'm I'm not afraid to try to convince people of that because yeah. I liked this thing a lot when it was the Martin M1, and now they've re-released it um, and upgraded it quite a bit, and it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, and so 
you know, Hog's not a bad console either, but I think the, I think the Onyx is the best stuff. I mean, but I, I mean, and I'm not like, like I always say, because sometimes one, once in a while I'll get a comment on YouTube or something and people would be like, well, how much did they pay you to say that? And, and that's one of those things that's tough is I've never, I don't think, accepted like advertising money. Like I've never let people advertise because I want to yeah. remain unbiased. And yeah. I learned Onyx because I bought their entry-level M-Touch. You've probably seen those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bought one of those because I saw, I was like, wait, these people are making a console wing that's like 500 bucks. It was like 600 and now under elation it got cheaper, um, which is wonderful. And, you know, it's a full PC wing for 500 bucks. I mean, hello. Like, nobody could make one for under 1000 and it even has a little, you know, programming section. Um, and so... You know, I, I when I first learned that, I was like, huh, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. And and that was what turned me on to the software. And then I had to learn the software, which took a minute. But they've, they've improved it a lot. And it's just the biggest difference coming from a hog is the effects. You know, just the way that okay. it handles effects. Once yeah. you get used to it, I think it's better. Because the thing that once I realized it frustrated me about hogs frustrated me was that effects are kind of like their own special thing in a hog. You know what I mean? Like you bring up the effects window and it's kind of, if you want to control, like move your fader up and down and control the effects size, you can't really do that and control the intensity level or and control some other parameter. Um, Whereas from the ground up, what they've done in Onyx from like day one is basically everything's a regular parameter. And effects, you know, uh, timing, value, how quickly, you know, intensity or color comes in in a given queue. All of that can be modified as a regular parameter. And so you can assign that to a fader however you want in whatever combination you want. And that's one of those things in it that it takes a minute for people to grasp it. But I think once you get it, it makes things a lot more fluid because everything just works the same way. Yeah. If that makes sense, you know, but anyways, getting off my sales pitch, which I don't, you know, make any money if people buy these things, but I think they're awesome. Uh, <laughs> what else do you want to talk about? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I know. How do you find <laughs> volunteers? How many volunteers do you have a given on a given weekend? And how do you find them? Put on my uh, church tech director hat here. That's a, just, uh, you know, I have a, I have an announcement slide that I put up sometimes and, and uh, people come and talk to me and, um, I have between, you know, cameras and lighting and pro presenter and audio, I've got about 10 volunteers on a given Sunday. Yeah. Um, and I found that lighting, lighting and cameras and pro presenter are pretty, pretty easy just to just throw anyone into. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of shuffle them around and just, uh kind of slowly train them up so awesome that's great that's great yeah Yeah, one thing i found recently is if i ask my volunteers whenever i need people like i ask my current volunteers i'm like hey can you find me some new people and they always do and they they have Mm -hmm. recently at least whenever i've needed somebody you know like just this past week or two weeks ago i had one of my my longtime pro presenter volunteers say hey you know they're having me, you know, in charge of the, the children's church second hour every week. 
And so, you know, I'm not going to do slides anymore. <laughs> and I was like, okay, let me find somebody, you know. And sure enough, you know, last week I had somebody come in just to to watch and train, you know, with my guy that was on slides. And, um, you know, he kind of watched in the rehearsal. I think he ran the service. And then he's like, all right, I'm ready to go. I was like, yes. Cool. You know, I love it. I love it. Yeah. We like to keep it simple, you know. Yeah. Hey, well, I hope you enjoyed that interview today. If, if you like that, if you want to hear more interviews with uh, not necessarily industry titans, but just regular people like you and me who are working with lighting, uh, let me know. Go to LearnStageLighting.com slash contact. Give me your feedback. Uh, leave reviews on the site. You know, Let me know what you think about this, this format of uh, doing an interview with people versus just me talking about lighting. And uh, let me know what you think. I would love to hear it. Have a great week, and we'll be back next week with your questions and answers to the stuff you've been sending in to LearnStageLighting.com slash contact. I'll see you guys here next week. Thanks. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at LearnStageLighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.